Hello, and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 62. 62, I know. Anyway, this week my guest is Joel Flanagan-Graneman, and uh, he's a returning guest, and he's come to tell us about his new stuff. So have a listen for the interview. So at my desk this week, well, a couple of things have come under my under my notice this week. And um, one of the things I'd like to just quickly tell you about is uh, there's a very good video. I'll put the um, the link in the show notes as usual. But there's a good video done by Dave Chesson, he of um, Kindlepreneur fame. And uh, he's talking about the new kind of situation with the Amazon categories. So if you're published on Amazon, it's important that you get your book into the right categories in order for the book to do well and and be seen, really. Anyway, they've kind of kind of slightly changed their format. It used to be like BISAC, which is kind of what all publishers use, but the Amazon have now decided to kind of use their own um, category thing and uh, it's slightly different from what it was and uh, quite interesting that he's talking about ghost categories and a few things that you can inadvertently put your book in and then you know it, it's actually quite harmful for the book to be in that category so have have a little listen to that um, video watch the video um, there's, there's a link there and uh, he can explain it much better than I can and I it just came across I kind of subscribed to his thing and uh, you know it popped up on my email and I had a quick look at that and I thought actually this is really useful and I did go in and check my own categories and made sure that they weren't doing anything weird so you know have a look have a check because it's surprising how you know you publish a book and then you think oh you know that's fine it's ticking along but you know it's always good to go back and check check all these things anyway so that's my advice and what else has been happening? Well, um, I had some new equipment, new microphone, which I hope you're appreciating. Um, the new microphone, um, I heard somebody, another podcast, recommend this this microphone and I had a look at it and I decided it wasn't too expensive and I really should treat myself to some better equipment, especially as I'd really like to record the um, audiobook for my new, my new book, The Midwitch, which I'll probably get around to in a week or two. So I thought I really do need a better microphone. Um, anyway, so, you know, how these things are, you look at it online and you think, oh, that's easy. It's a plug in. It's going to be dead easy. I'm going to I'm going to do that. That's fine. Anyway, could I get this thing to work? Oh, no, you've got to configure it with the computer and all sorts of things. Now, this isn't any um, detriment to the, the piece of equipment, which, you know, looks like it's you know working really well. Um, so <laughs> I've had a bit of a fiddle about and it's it's. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get it to work. So in the end, I had to get my husband's man brain on it. Uh, and also, I'm a bit I'm impatient with these things. I'm sure I could work it out myself if I absolutely had to. But the thing is, my husband's kind of um, he's very good at this kind of thing. And he's very patient and he'll kind of go through and read the instructions and blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, so he he did that and he got finally got the microphone um because you know, I thought, oh, it'd be dead quick. I'll just plug it in. So I was waiting to uh, um, interview on a podcast and, and my, my guest was kind of coming online in eight minutes. I thought, well, I'll use a new microphone. Could I get it? And then I had to pull it all out and get the old one and tuck that back in and all of that kind of thing. So anyway, so anyway, it's it's up. I hope you can hear them. The, 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 I don't think you'll hear any difference, really. Um, but anyway, let's hope it's um, it's all good. So that's that. So the new microphone is in. Um, I suppose I should leave a link to that in the show notes, which I will if anybody's a podcaster or you're thinking about getting a new microphone for anything that you're doing. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so my book, The Midwitch, is doing really well. 
so small anecdote here so so every day you know you get kind of uh, caught up in this you know where is your book how's it doing how many reviews it's gotten you know how many sales obviously and all of that kind of thing and so obviously I'm very busy you know this is my first month at the Midwich has been out there and uh, and I'm really happy with the response that I'm getting from readers people are really enjoying it they're finding it funny because I think I think when you write humour it, it's it's a tricky one because it makes you laugh when you write it well it makes me laugh when I write it and then I think, mm, is that just me that finds that funny? And a lot of it is kind of situational comedy. You know, it's it's the the situation that she's in. It's not like jokes, if you see what I mean. And uh, and I kind of think, well, I I find that amazing. it's made, made me laugh. But of course, as you go back and you edit and you edit and you edit, you kind of think, oh, I don't know, is this funny now? Because you've read it so many times, you don't, it's, you know, the, the joke is really worn off at this point. Um, but then, you know, my editor's very lovely and, and bless her heart, she's she does find it funny and she writes little things in the in the margin and you think, oh, well, that's great because, you know, somebody else has read it now and thought that's pretty funny. And although I give it to my husband and friends to read, of course, they're really sweet and of course they're going to find it funny because they know me. But um, but anyway, what is really nice is is complete strangers, you know, on the other side of the world, you know, are finding a few laughs in this book and... Um, you know, and obviously I'm poking fun at the whole middle age situation of ladies my age and the menopause and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, so it's great. So I'm really enjoying that. Anyway, that's not what I was going to tell you. What I was going to tell you was that as I'm going in and out, hold on, I've got to let the dog in. Sorry. Right. So that's Evie Whippet. If you hear a bit of rustling, I do apologise. The trouble is, I think once you start talking, the animals think, oh, you know, I'll go and have a little listen. Mummy's chatting. And uh, they want to come in with you. But anyway, now she's got a ball. It's not going to be good anyway. <laughs> so anyway, the whippet. What was I telling you? Yes, right. So anyway, so I'm going in and obviously you look where your book is on these different categories. I'll talk about categories earlier. So one of the categories that my The Midwitch is in is called Women's Fantasy Fiction. And um, it's doing really well in this category. It's kind of the first one that I put it in. And uh, it's it's kind of it's been as, as high as nine. And obviously you're trying to get to this number one spot in order to get the best seller sticker, which is what, you know, greatly coveted on the Amazon thing. Um, anyway, so it's been as, it's been as high as I but it kind of hangs around mostly sort of the 20s and, um, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30 you know, or, or in the teens. But anyway, it was, it was, I don't know what it was. It was 19 or 20 or something like this. And I thought, oh, well, that's pretty good. And then when I, and of course, it's interesting to see which other books are next to you on, on the grid on this category thing. And it was interesting to see that Tolkien, oddly, hold on, dog's going out. Yeah. Interesting to see that Tolkien was uh, one ahead of me. He, he was 20 and I was 19 or whatever the number was. And I just thought it was really funny to be next to you know, to be next to Tolkien of all the things. And also the other thing is I used to write dark fantasy and and I've never been next to Tolkien and uh, not that his fantasy is that dark, but it was interesting that, you know, in a women's fiction thing that you've got this Tolkien novel in there. So I knew it, I made lots of jokes about it and I said, oh, you know, obviously he's just wandered in and got lost. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, it was pretty funny to be next to him on the grid. So that was my that was my amusing thing this week. And uh, great that the book's doing so well. I'm absolutely thrilled. So, um, yeah. So watch this space. I'll let you know if I get that bestseller sticker. I'm putting it into a, a, a couple of um you know, things where people promote it on, on websites and stuff like that and trying to get hold of 
book bloggers and all that kind of thing in order to just just we need another little boost through just to get that other you know just to get it onto one of those number one spots would be very nice indeed um and am i making any money no not at all it's all going on the advertising um facebook ads are a fortune um i've got amazon ads running but they're not working um, but the Facebook ads are pretty much, they're working really well, but not as well as that I'm getting any, um, I'm not getting a, you know, a payback. Basically, I'm paying out with one hand to get the adverts done. And, um, you know, um, and any money that I'm making is just going on the adverts. So, you know, but that's just how it is, unfortunately. And I'm just hoping that, you know, in the fullness of time, that as the book becomes more popular, you know, perhaps it at one point i'll um i'll get some i'll get some money back from it which would be great uh i mean a friend of mine said oh you know this is doing really well you're, you're it's going to be great and i explained about the you know the the advertising cost and you know how it doesn't really marry up i'm kind of breaking even which is bloody good really um because i think a lot of people you know you don't break even at all um and i said i said you know if i make if i make any money i'll, I'll buy a bar of chocolate you know, if I make a couple of quid, <laughs> I'll have to stick to that. Anyway, enough of me messing about. Come and have a listen to Joel Flanagan Graneman, and uh, he writes fantasy, and he's going to tell us all about it. On the Words in Pictures podcast this week, I'm very excited to invite back Joel Flanagan Graneman. Now, he writes the epic fantasy adventure series, Servants of the Sun and Moon, and I believe he's got his next book out. Um, so is that the third one in the trilogy? Yes, no? it's it's the third it's the third one, and yeah. it, by the time this comes out, it'll it'll be out. It's coming out on September twenty third. Yeah. So end end of end of September. So by the time you said this is coming out in October. Yeah. So beginning of October. So it'll be out now, and well, yeah, everything will be great. Uh, everything will be great. Absolutely, because yes. because it's quite a thing the old book launch thing. I I've I've just you know mine's been out a couple of weeks now, and 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 I feel I have to say I feel quite exhausted with it. It's been a it's a bit it's a real slog. People don't realise when you're um, independently published how much work goes into it, how much thought and you know the whole thing of bringing it into the into the thing. What's been the easiest or the worst bit? Do you think? Just trying to writing. Yeah, <laughs> well, no. writing <laughs> Big question. No, yeah. No, all the time it took to write it and then to get everything together, get the cover together, you know, that took a little bit of time. But also just trying to figure out who I can reach out to. Yes. And who I need to who I need to talk to and people that have reviewed books in the past that I would uh be reasonably good to reach out to them and trying to find some people to do cover reveals. And it's just it's I I sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, but then you feel like you're doing too much sometimes. So it's 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 really confusing, and I think we just do to do the best we can, and we do the best we can and see, see what happens. And hope hopefully readers will find the book um, either through Amazon or through Twitter or through New Blue, Blue Sky, and it's just all. Yeah. yeah yeah that's it you can, at the end of the day you can just do what you've got to do and and mm -hmm. you just get it out there on as many platforms as you can and you know get get it get it going so joel you've got the first two out and mm -hmm. um so this is the third one is this the is this the end of the is it a trilogy is that the end of the this series or is it the just another book in the series no it's another book in the series it um the first two books are I, I'm kind of thinking them in in the terms of arcs. So the first the first two books are the first arc, and then this one that's coming out that's out now um, called Fairy 
very court in exile is the first of the fairy arc because at the end of book two a lot of the characters split up and there's various people various people go off in different directions this follows the fairies that stay at the exile queen's mountain which is a stronghold uh, of an ancient and um, of an ancient queen and they're fighting the beginnings of the civil war the fairy civil war that has been sparked off when talia's aunts um, stage a bloody coup and now they're fighting against against these um, the false sisters as we, as the characters call her, call them, and so this this begins that fairy arc, and there's kind of be probably another book after that one in the fairies, complete kind of completing their arc. But after this one, I'm going into other characters who another set of characters who went off in a different direction on um at the end of book two and it covers their his this character's return to the place we call the exile forest which is a um a place of safety for a lot of humans and half fairies who have been you know abused and just finding the whole up their own little homeland their own little enclave out in the in the wilderness in this huge forest so that's 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 what's coming next after we get yeah. after after this book so it's it's going to be a long it's a long series but it's yeah. also going to be kind of broken up into these arcs of the fairies the humans and um some other some other characters so it's yeah. it's, it's, I think it's, it's interesting. i think it's interesting as a writer because i think you always know what happens next because even if i sort of stop something i think i'm not going to write anymore i still know what happened you know what i mean yeah. i know what happened years after if you know what i mean because because your mind just doesn't stop creating it it's quite strange actually yeah how you how, how it carries on your subconscious so these these books are kind of based on the fairy tale of um sleeping beauty yes correct yeah and what why sleeping beauty joel what brings you to that particular fairy tale that that sparked off you know all this great imagination well it was because we watched the movie maleficent um uh-huh. back back in September 2019 on vacation and I watched the movie cuz we were going to we were going on a cruise in October and we were going to see the next movie so we wanted to see the first one so we could see the second one and you know it, it was a it was a good movie it was interesting it, you know it, it it was kind of what I expected it would be but I was really struck by the mother daughter relationship between Maleficent and Aurora. I think in the yeah. movie they were going for this this fairy godmother type of thing, but it was a really mother-daughter relationship. And as the movie ended, I'm like, this would be a better movie if Aurora was actually her daughter. So yes. I just got this yeah. idea that, you know, and then it just went from there. You just I took those took those took that that one little seed of an idea, you know, Maleficent is Aurora's mother and but the curse still happens. And these uh, these other things still happen. That so, how does she get from being her daughter to being to cursing this child? So that that's kind of the arc of, of book one of the book one and two, which I wrote together, and we split when we um, when we published it. And and it's just gone just gone from there. Just taking that one little germ of an idea, plus the idea of half fairies. And, and it all just grows from there, from the char- from the characters I create, from the, these kind of very archetypal characters of Maleficent and Aurora, and just expanding out from there. Because there's mm-hmm. so much room to move around and to do all kinds of interesting things with these very archetypal fairy tale stories. Mm-hmm. That just going from there, you can do you can pretty much go anywhere. And I have gone, yeah, on some really interesting, some really dark places, but some also very 
very bright and very it, it, it's very bright places too because it's helped me deal with some of the things that's going on in this world yeah that you know through writing fantasy we can look at look at look at race relations we can look at class relations but through the through the the lens of fairies and humans and half fairies mm-hmm. and it, it gives you a little bit of distance but it also allows you to think about them in different ways because yeah. i've all it there's a many very... many, of, many a true words spoken in a fantasy fiction i think oh yes yeah. and, and many many a sort of major world issue dealt with i think yeah i, I think you, when if you look at any of those but it's also the fairy tale thing i think um that they they are dealing with some scary stuff and it's almost embedded in our subconscious which is why we love the whole fairy tale trope so much you know even you know and we love a retelling we love to see somebody else's take on those basic ideas yeah fascinating stuff i think yeah yeah it's it's really interesting it's really interesting that you can you can you can give this idea this simple idea of sleeping beauty and you can go so many places with it there are so many authors who have done so many different things with them and each one is so different there's gender bent there's you know one one i heard of that i found really interesting was it was aurora and maleficent's son that was going to be the the um kind of the hook that 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 book book hung on and i found that very interesting but you can just it's not like i'm copying anybody i'm taking i'm taking all these different ideas putting them into a blender and coming out with my own own thing so it's really interesting it's really fascinating how you can start with one little idea and just build from there yeah and do you find um are there other fairy tales that you think you would like to work on in the future that you think or, or will you bring them all into this particular world that you've built now Maybe I had a kind of an idea for a, a sort of a Cinderella type story, but Cinderella is kind of the villain in a way. And I had, yeah. I didn't have it any more than just the kind of the idea of Cinder and that 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 kind of original original thought. But I haven't really done anything with that or thought or thought more about it other than kind of just just that one single idea. But there's also things that are going to show up in the previous in the books after this that are you know kind of a bit of because i have a character who writing a book about his his name is rose and she's the wife of the human king and she's now searching for her missing daughter and there's going to be a lot of a little bit of like disney fairy tale princesses embedded in her because she's very very naive very woman of privilege thrown into this quest and learning to figure out how to how to you know um, grow and learn to survive on her own and with friends and how 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 the world that she grew up in is not really real that mm. she's been lied to she's been not lied to but just deceived either either intentionally or unintentionally kind of look at the idea of um intentionally not believing what's going on around you that you just mm just blink it yeah you blink it it's the it's the whole idea of a woman of privilege who doesn't know what where her food comes from or where her where her clothes come from or who who is behind all this so it's 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 really interesting and she was a very interesting character to write and very exhausting actually because mm-hmm. she has this very distinct character arc she has to start here but she has to get here but and there's all these steps along the way and it was re- it was really exhausting writing that but very but so but so um so very fun to do too so very yeah. very, very 
Yeah. Well, I think sometimes you do put yourself through the emotions of the character. And and, uh, and I know, you know, for myself, you know, also as a writer, you so you know, sometimes you think, you know, people think, oh, this, you know, a lot of people that aren't writers go, oh, how nice you're a writer, how relaxing. And I think, God, I'm not relaxed. I'm actually wrung out, especially if I've had a day at it. You know, if I, mm-hmm. my husband's off doing whatever he's doing and I, I think, right, I'm going to have a day where I'm just going to write all day. And, uh, and you know, I, I take breaks, but I get on with it. But at the end of the day, I'm more tired than anything I, else that I do. I'm absolutely, absolutely wrung out. And you're nodding here. Job. Oh yeah, it, like it, it's absolutely it's not relaxing at all, is it? <laughs> it can be, but it also is it's a lot of mental energy that yeah. you're expending in these characters if you are some of the situations I you sort I'm not of live re- through it, don't you? I yeah. I'm like really there. Yeah. yeah. But also some of the situations I'm not really sure where it's going. That I kind of know the end, but I don't know that middle. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of working out and I'm figuring it out as it goes along. And the characters are, you know, how's their interacting things happen? And you know, it's wait a minute, I didn't realize you would start talking about this, but you were talking about this. So let's now go off that on that tangent. And it can be it can be exhausting, but it's also exhilarating. Yeah. Finding that that when that muse unlocks for you, when that idea comes and you make those connections between disparate things in, wait a minute, these work together. And it's, 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 it's just amazing. It's, it's one of the things that I realized when I started back writing in 2019 that I missed, that I had denied this part of my, myself for so long that it, 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 it made me feel better almost immediately. And it was, it was exhilarating. And it was so it was so fun. It was so I love creating these characters. I love putting them in these situations and figuring out what they're gonna do. So it's mm. it's it's really fun. It's really fun. But it also yeah. is exhausting and it can exhausting and fun. <laughs> That's exactly exactly true. So would you say you you plan to a certain extent, but then you let the let the muse take you when it will? I'm I'm a bit like that. I have a loose plan, but then I'm quite happy for it to just go out the window if if I you know, come up with something better as I'm actually in the mix of it. Yeah, exa- exactly. I had a I had a basic plan for the um, for Fairy Court in Exile. I knew where it started, and I kind of knew what had to, what the the various things that, that are going to happen. But I wasn't quite sure where it was actually going to where it was going to end, and the thing the 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 characters that that I the new characters I bring in the old characters that I that I bring back I wasn't sure where they were all going to fit but I kind of knew a rough framework and I was kind of working toward it and you know think things happen along the way and it was again it was it's this it's this story of rebellion and fighting against um a an an evil uprising but it's also a story of People who are thrown into this situation who are having to, um, the characters Min and Alanor are thrown in, are young, but they're thrown into the situation where they have to create the magical defenses around this mountain. And they're learning as they go and they're figuring out these things and they're getting confidence, but they're also falling backwards. So it's, it's, it's really fun to put these characters in these situations and have them figure out what's going on. And having to figure out, you know, okay, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, and then, and then finding out they're going to make mistakes, but they're also going to make successes, and it's 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 really fun, and it's you these characters grow as you write them, yeah, and it's that's yeah. that's a kind of a wonderful thing to ex, to experience. Yeah, I often find that when I've got to the end of something, um, 
well, obviously you've been writing, you know, this is a the third book in the thing, but it's, well, it's something new. I, I quite often, when I get to the beginning and I'm sort of beginning to do my first edit, I suddenly know them so much better. And I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. No, he wouldn't eat that. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I have to make little tweaks because now I know them really well. You know, oh, yeah, having, yeah. having written them for a year, you kind of have a, a whole different, it's like they become a, a real person in your, <laughs> in your, in your life. You know? it's, it's really, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. At any given time, I have like several things running through my head at any given time. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. I had a, a situation where I was writing and I figured out, okay, I'm going to have a, a, a betrayal right here of, some, of something. So I have to, you know, remember that, and I have to plant seeds farther back of stuff I've already written. That you know, mm. okay. So we, we, so you can see the clear line from here to here to here. So it is just in this person just doesn't pop up and say, ha ha. I'm evil. No. I've been evil all this all this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you've got to leave the breadcrumbs, and mm -hmm. that's the fun bit, isn't it? Because I quite yeah. like that that thing. And sometimes something comes up, and I'm kind of thinking, oh, I don't know whether he'd do that. And I you sort of leave a little something because you almost don't know what the bad thing is they're going to do, but I know they're not quite right. It's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like when you meet somebody and you think, hmm, I don't know whether I'm quite hundred percent about you, and 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 you're fictional characters can behave in a similar a similar way yeah very strange um tell me joel i see you've got some audio books out did you do your audio books yourself did you get a narrator was it a complete drag to do did you love it <laughs> um no my wife actually how did pain, it. how painful was it um, oh, your wife did it oh you got to yeah, say she it's did really it good. my wife yeah. did it and um she, she she recorded all all three of them and oh. we're doing Right now, we're working through the ACX um, approval process, which will take a, which usually takes a little longer. So it might not come out when the when the book, when the ebook, paperback, paperback, and hardback come out. But it's it's a really interesting process because she was finding because she's she's also my editor, so she we work together. I once once I've gotten a draft to a position where I can give it to her, we work through it and we work through the chapter, chapter by chapter. But she, as she was reading it, she was finding things that, well, wait a minute, that doesn't quite sound right. So she will flip, you know, flip, flip words around, especially in the conversations that sound, so it sounds more, it, it flows more. She was saying that she was reading, reading a line and said, and she read it wrong, but it sounded a whole lot better and worked a whole lot better. So we changed that. Yes. So it, and, and it's also very, and it takes a long. It really takes a long time, because you're reading. It's how many chapters? I think there's like forty some chapters, and we intentionally made them shorter chapters this time, so that they're easier to both easier to edit and all easier to read in in one go. So they're mo no more than like I think the longest one is about thirty minutes. Yeah, but, but the chapters range from like fifteen to twenty minutes in in uh, audio time. Yeah, so. and I think it's interesting as we think more about audiobooks now um, that we uh, are considering as you write how it would sound if it was read aloud. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm I'm dyslexic, so I I tend to read my stuff back to myself, you know, verbally because I I sometimes can't always hear it, see it on the page when I hear it in my ear. I hear it differently, especially for speech. You know, the dog loves. <laughs> Joel's laughing. My dog is lying here on the sofa as usual. So Evie Whippet's here. Evie really enjoys it if I'm either podcasting or I'm reading stuff aloud because I'm editing and she always comes in and lies because I think they like to hear your voice, don't they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's, it's really that's funny. a that's a really good tip, especially for it, when you're editing, is reading it aloud to yourself. Yeah. Or I was listening to another podcast talking about how set out that word or various other programs will, will read it aloud to you. 
in yes. a very flat, yeah. very computerized, very monotone voice. So you can actually, you can kind of hear the words. And there was, and some, you were saying that some authors will turn their back on the computer and just listen to it. So they're not looking at it, but looking at it and yeah. hearing it at the same time. And that really helps me, especially with my dialogue, that it will, it's, gets more honest and you figure out those awkward sentences and then, okay, is this sentence intentionally awkward because they're in a situation where it is awkward or is it just awkward because I, I didn't write, I didn't write it correctly that I didn't, that I need to write it better. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think speech is is a funny thing because I think as writers, sometimes you're trying to write lovely, perfect sentences that flow beautifully, but speech isn't like that. Speech is, is much more complex. It's more, it's messier. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and people, um, you know, they don't start the sentences with a, you know, we don't finish on a full stop. We don't start with a proper mm-hmm. word. We we grunt, we move, we, you know, we call over our shoulder. We don't quite hear what the other person said. And I think if you can bring in, if you read it aloud to yourself, you can see if it feels, um, I don't know, too contrived, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and I, th- I think that's, I think it's really important, you know, to um, to do that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's funny because I have, um, I also write for children, as you probably know, and uh, I, I tend to, I haven't done the audiobooks. Have I got around to it? No, I haven't. I've not got all the equipment, obviously. I will do it one day. But I find when I'm writing children's work, I'm very conscious of somebody reading it out loud, which is what you do a lot with children's mm-hmm. work. And I tend to give um, uh, a bit like, um, I'm not putting myself on the same level, but Roald Dahl, because I used to be a teacher, Roald Dahl would always tell you how the person was speaking before you got to the speech. And I, f- I find I do that a lot when I'm writing for children because it's much easier to read aloud to a class of children if you knew that the lady the lady shrieked blah blah blah, but but if if it's if it says you know blah 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 the lady shrieked well that's too late you've read it out to the class then and then you're reading mm-hmm. what it said but he, but he always tells you how the person speaks before they before he puts speech in and it's just a really clever thing to do because it gives you. You know, I don't think you need to do it in, you know, in adult books that you're reading, but but it is a, an interesting thing how you write differently for different audiences and how, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm writing for children, I'm always thinking, how would this sound if somebody read it aloud to a child? You know, and it's it's a different a different sort of thing. And like you say, you're thinking about how it's going to sound straight away for the audio book. Yeah. Do you find audio books sell more than the or is it um, about the same? It's or, about you know, it's about the same. Um, about the same. We, cool. I mean, we really don't. We really don't have that wide, wide a um, an audience. But you know, we're always hoping for more. And but it's they they sell pretty. They they sell well. Um, it's but it's it's, it's one the of those biggest conf- growing market. I think. Yeah, it is. But it's also very. It's also a lot of people will. The audiobooks help them read more because they can yeah. do it when they're when they're do it when they're um, doing chores around the house when they're trans um, commuting back and forth to work. So it gives it opens up a lot more people to read a lot more books. And yeah. I think it, it, that's that's a great that's a great thing, especially if they're reading my books. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think story is just great for everybody. You know, it's lovely to have a story and uh, mm-hmm. and and I think um it's interesting how the audiobooks have taken off because you kind of think of um books being read aloud as it was sort of like a, a a thing that you did for children, but it's interesting that as adults we still like that. 
we still like to hear a story, you know. And and I think in the modern world where you haven't got the tradition, it's definitely in our Western culture of kind of oral storytelling, which I think you have in other cultures more. Um, it's it's really nice to have that story in your ear, yes, and definitely gets you through the chores. <laughs> and I grew I grew up listening to a lot of audio dramas when I was when I was young and um preteen and teen, listened to the Star Wars audio dramas and Hitchhikers and the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit audio dramas. And that really, I, I can, the, the Star Wars ones, I can think, I can just think of a scene and I could hear it back in my head because I listened to them so many times. And I really think that helped my ear for dialogue because yeah. I, I, I really focus on dialogue and characters talking and they're that's how you get your information that's how people that's how people communicate is they get their information they don't just it's they don't just have this this little inf info dump or they they talk about things yeah. and they they explain to each other how what what they're doing and how they're doing it and that's always good to have a character who doesn't quite know what's going on so you can explain to them okay this is how this this ward works so you aren't having two people who no magic explaining to each other how magic works because that's just that's just silly yeah and that but because i focus on a lot of dialogue so that's where i want that interest that interest to be and especially with the audio dramas it was just people talking and there wasn't mm -hmm. much much narration it's just you have to get as all the story comes through conversation mm -hmm. so that's kind of, that's probably where where a lot of that come where that my writing style comes from mm. and that's 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 something i just i just love and i recently have found the hitchhikers again and re-listened to those and they are so amazing i just can't i i i had forgotten how funny and how poignant some of them are so it's yeah. it's, it's really it's really fun and it's funny how the douglas adams stuff still still is just so um what's the word i'm looking for it's still so current isn't it yeah it's amazing it's it really I, amazing I, I reread um, the long dark tea time of the soul. Um, a, a, I think about a year ago, and I thought this is still so darn funny, you know. And it's mm -hmm. so clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a shame we've lost him. Yeah. Oh yes, that's yeah. so much a shame. Yeah, yeah. But but it's it's interesting how it still really stands up. Some of that some of that stuff. It's good. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think talking about dialogue is. I think your characters really come alive and they become more real if you put if you put plenty of dialogue within your mm -hmm. within your work. I think it, I think it's a really good a really good thing. And I think um, uh, authors that don't master the dialogue well, I think sometimes it's always a bit lacking in in their work because it never quite seems as real if people are just if it's just all on description. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to focus on making sure every character sounds different, yes. that they yeah. they they have their own cadence, that they have their own way of speaking, that, you know, a soldier isn't going to talk like a, a lord or a priest, that they're all going to speak diff differently. And that's sometimes that's difficult because, you know, there are similar characters and are going to talk in similar ways. And it, it's it's something I worry about that all the characters sometimes sound the same sound the same and you have to really work to make sure that, you know, these this this character has their own voice, this character has their own voice, and this character has their own voice. So it, it's it's yet another thing to worry about. Yeah. When we're when we're writing when we're, about. Yes, yeah. when we're writing and editing. <laughs> it's a wonder they ever get. to be honest, sometimes you wonder. There's just so many things that you've got to try and hold in your hand. And sometimes you've just got to 
put it all to one side and just actually just write and just enjoy the process of the creativity and then mm. and then come back and tweak it I find yeah I think yeah I think it's I like to not try and edit my first draft I like to just get in there and just do what I've got to do I, I might come back and have a look at it the next day but I just I just go for it and, and switch off all the um and I think because of my dyslexia, all my computer says to me is unknown words. <laughs> everything, all the middles of my words are in, are backwards. I've got the light letters, but it, it's all in a, it's such a hash. So I just switch all that off and just get on with it. Then I have a little sort out before I begin again the next day. Because otherwise, there's just too many people banging on my door saying that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And I don't think I'd ever get anything done if I didn't say, well, hold on a minute. Let's just get let's just get the story down. Yeah, yeah. it's then, it's hard it's hard to turn off that editing mind too yeah. when you're when you're first when you're first writing, but you really have to yeah, because you're not because yeah. you're somebody said I was probably it was probably Neil Gaiman said that you their first draft is you're telling the story to yourself yes and yes. you're figuring I think it out was where him. Yeah. probably and yeah. you're figuring out where that story is who the characters are and then after you get it all down then you can go back and start shaping it and yeah. figure figuring out the. I need this. I don't need this. I do need this. So it's, it's, you know, it, that's, that's difficult. And I, sometimes I get caught up in like, okay, I got to make sure characters who writing character moved here, moved here, moved here. And sometimes you don't really need that. You can just go on to that. You can, you know, I don't know. You don't, it doesn't really matter how they got from scene to scene. They're just, you start the scene again. You start, you end yeah. the scene and you start yeah. the scene again. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard. You got to, you got to turn off that that editing part of your brain and just let let the creativity flow and not worry about it, and not worry about all those red squ squiggly lines. Yeah, exactly. Under your misspelled things. Oh yeah, it's all misspelled. And I think also when you first write it, you're imagining it in such detail that you, like you say, you you imagine you're walking from room to room and picking up the a cup of coffee and blah 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 and then when you come back to edit it you chop all that off because actually nobody cares whether they stood up sat down for the thing it's more about what they said and how they said it or you know what was actually happening you know that's there's more point in the scene you don't actually need to um sorry i keep getting a horrible thing on here about I, apparently this computer's got a virus it keeps oh, saying no. you've got a virus run a scan i'm like well i will but i'm in the middle of a podcast please <laughs> please go away and please don't crash me for at least another 10 minutes <laughs> but apart from that's fine but yeah exactly and then you kind of get a better eye in i've i've definitely got two heads i'm either creating or i'm i'm just kind of getting into as much editing as i can do so yeah my yeah, wife says my wife says my characters stand a lot, but they never sit. They stand oh, up right. to talk. They stand up. She stood up and said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my nod. Everybody yeah. nods. Oh, oh everybody, yes. Everybody nods, so they shake nods. their head. Yes. And I don't think I even do that particularly much, you know, as a person. But all my characters, they nod. Yeah, they're all nodding all the time. Yes. Nobody, nobody's nodded by the end of it. I've stopped them. But <laughs> to start with, everybody nods. Yeah, it's very yes. odd, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. It's, you're figuring you're figuring stuff out as you go along, and it, yeah. it's you know it 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 it's that creative process, and everybody's creative process is different. Mine is different from yours, and and you can give advice, but you can also you also got to figure that filter in your head that okay, that's good advice, but it doesn't work for my for for my writing or it doesn't work for this story or it doesn't work for this 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 idea that I have. So you just got that's one of the things that is so difficult for 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 new writers or established writers or mid mid-level writers of trying to figure out where what advice works for them best. Mm. And you know 
it, it it's hard. It's 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 difficult, and you gotta you just gotta write for yourself, and you you write for that you write for yourself first, and then you write for your that that um what do they call it ideal reader. Yes, and yeah. you pl- please please them, please yourself, and then please them. So is that is that your wife then? Is is your wife your ideal reader? No, not really. She's she's the one. She's got more of a um, analytical mind, but she I mean she enjoys the stories, but she also is really made sure that you know it make it makes sense that yeah. you know that okay, you had this character do something here, but they the way you way you've described them means they wouldn't really do that that so you need to either figure out a way to justify this action this action from this character or you know change it mm-hmm. so I, I i really i i know i need to but i really haven't figured out who my ideal reader is yet i th- i think it's you know people that enjoy the action but also the drama and the drama of the story and the 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 characterization and the pr- progress that these these characters go through. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of you know, again. I'm figuring that out as I go. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's very difficult to to try and um to try to try and do that. I, I found you know when I was writing the dark fantasy, my ideal reader was my husband, and and I definitely wrote for him. Um, and but now I'm writing sort of more books that are kind of more focused on women and and um. And although he's read those, I've, I sort of gave them to him and I said, these, this isn't, you're not my ideal reader anymore, <laughs> but you know, you can read this, you know, and he enjoyed it, you know, cause he knows what mm-hmm. I, I like, but um, it was interesting to feel that shift in who I thought I was writing for, you know, it's, yeah, it is, it is an interesting thing. So your new book is out now and what's it called? Tell me the, tell it's me the called, whole um, thing. It's called, Give me fairy- the <laughs> <laughs> it's called fairy court in exile. It's a epic fantasy of civil war. It's the beginning of the fairy civil war, and it's um, it picks up about three months after the end of book two, and it follows the characters, the fairies that stay at the Exile Queen's Mountain, and their defense against the um, evil blood magic using false sisters, and their and their coup and trying to take over the entire entire fairy realm. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's really good. And have you got the same cover artist? that have done the other the yes other it's what's well, the same company they 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 do a lot of different artists and we don't know ex- the exact artist um but they it all it's it, it looks it's, together yeah. it's a very very similar the font is, is very similar um yeah. it's but it's got a more um uh, martial look to it, it has yeah. two swords has two swords on the cover so it's very it's de- definitely very um a little bit different but the same from yeah. not the same but similar to the first two two covers and they really they we saw looked at them side by side and they really do match it's really it's really cool it's really yeah. cool what yeah uh, it's not it's nice really to see good. that when you get that in your hand and you think oh yeah, this is it now yeah it's good yeah. yeah well well done so where can people find you online joel um i'm still on twitter at servants and um i joined blue sky um servants and there or also you can also look up me up by my name joel flanagan graneman should be able to p- find me there um i have a website servants of the moon and which is where you can get all the information about my books you can sign up for my mailing list mailing list uh, excuse me newsletters go out every twi- twice a month on the 2nd and the 16th of them of the month and that's where you 
get the information on the, the current writing status, on what's going in our, on our lives. A lot of cat stories, a lot of cat pictures. Yeah, absolutely. And just just basic basic things. You know, you know, we're doing this. We just got back from vacation. So it's 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 not just all buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. It's all it's you know, this is who I am as an author, this is who I am as a person too. And when you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get a free um short story about Talia, who's the main character from the first two books and her first heart her first heartbreak. And mm-hmm. you get introduced to a character who's mentioned in the first two books but never appears. So you'll get to you'll get to meet you'll get to get, meet Peregrine, and she's she's a she's an amazing character. She's difficult to write sometimes, but she's an amazing character because she's so she's so di- she's so different from a lot of a lot of the things I write before. But she's she's a she's very she's very fun to write because she can she definitely tells it like it is. Yeah, sounds perfect. Well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on again, and uh, and you know. Uh, telling us about your latest thing and come back next time when you've got the next one out. <laughs> Probably about a year, but thank thank yeah. you very much for giving me this opportunity. It's been lovely. It's been lovely to talk to you. So lovely to talk to Joel about all his new things. And uh, it's great when people come back on, which uh, makes me think, of course, next week, my new mind guest is Richard Hayden. And uh, he is a returner and he's just completed his trilogy of the Imaginari series. And uh, it's quite a thing when you've kind of thought about a trilogy and you've finished it. It's quite quite a big thing. So I'm really glad to have Joel on. And um, I've already done that interview and he he's actually brilliant chatting about that. And uh, as you know, he's such a friendly guy. If you know him on um, social media, he's just he's just lovely. So, you know, look out for Richard Hayden and um, and come and have a listen next week to him chatting about his his completed trilogy the imaginary series okay well that's it from me um i hope you have a lovely week hope you get lots of writing done if you're a writer hope you get lots of reading done if you're a reader and um and i'll see you next time until uh, oh yeah and you can find me you know www.djbowmansmith.com you can find me there and all the stuff about us uh and in the meantime um take care until next time bye bye <laughs>